Gracious God, you've promised that your word, which goes forth from your mouth, will not return to you empty, but it will accomplish what you desire, and it will succeed in the matter for which you've sent it. May your word have its way, we pray, in every heart this day, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. So I want you to imagine for a moment uh, that you're going back in time 100 years. Let's go back to 1921. And you need to go grocery shopping. It's 1921. Where do you go to get your groceries? There's probably, in a town like Columbus, at least maybe a couple of little grocery stores. You would go there, and you would purchase your flour, sugar, coffee, canned goods, things of that nature, uh, dry goods, mostly. But what if you needed meat? Where would you go? you go to a butcher shop. And what if you needed bread? You would go to a bakery. And what if you needed milk or other dairy products? You would go to a dairy store. Yeah. So 100 years ago, to buy groceries, you would make several different stops to several different specialty stores to get what you need. Now, it wasn't until after World War II that we started to see what we call supermarkets, where you have all of those items under one roof, and then later on, uh, super stores where, like Kroger, doesn't just handle food anymore, they have a line of clothing and, and other things as well. And Walmart doesn't just handle clothing and those sorts of items, but they've added food. And so it's even more true today. There's one stop to shop. And we find that desirable. It's helpful. And, and I want you to think of Jesus in a similar way. Everything that you need in this life and in the life to come, you find in one place, you'll find all of your needs met in one person. I mean all needs. And that person is Jesus Christ. Page 11 of your worship bulletin, the sermon outline, is the bread of life on your menu. Roman numeral one, we're all born needy. We are contingent beings. By contingent, I mean we are dependent upon someone else for our existence. Uh, you know, without our parents, we wouldn't be here, right? Our existence is contingent or dependent upon their existence prior to us. And ultimately, all of us are dependent upon God for our existence. After all, in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, give us this day our daily bread, do we not? And daily bread is a gift. You don't earn it. God may give it to you through your labor, but it's a gift. Even the labor is a gift. And the strength to labor is a gift. It's all gift from him. We are dependent upon someone else. We are contingent beings. Roman numeral two. You are what you consume. 
You are what you consume. And we identify ourselves today in a variety of ways, by what we eat, for example. You may be into health food. You're that kind of an individual. You may be into junk food. A lot of people are, all right? I hope you're not, but you may be into junk food. You, you may be vegan or vegetarian. There's a difference, right? Uh, you, you may be into kosher or halal foods, right? There's a difference there as well. We identify ourselves by what we wear. You may wear on your jersey the logo of a certain team. Or maybe you're an alum of a certain school and you advertise that on your shirt. We identify ourselves by what we wear, by what we read, by the music we listen to, by what we drive. What you consume says a lot about who you are. Letter A, perishable bread is for those who are perishing. You know, all food perishes, it all spoils. Doesn't matter how long you stick it in the fridge or in the freezer, eventually it's gonna spoil. That's what perishable food does, it perishes. And if that perishable food is all that's on your menu, you're gonna perish as well. You will. Letter B, food that endures, and that's Jesus, food that endures is for those who endure to eternal life. It's for those who endure to eternal life. You are what you consume. And this is why Jesus says, labor for the food that endures. Because when you consume that, and the idea is a continual consumption, like the tree of, of life in the garden long ago, you, you had to consume this. Your life was contingent upon the consumption of it. You will endure forever as a result, you see. And how do you labor for that food? How do you labor for that? You labor for that by believing in the one whom God has sent, you see. Jesus is very Lutheran about this. It's not by our works, it's by faith in the one who does the work for us all, Jesus Christ. Roman numeral three, eternal life, therefore, is not something God gives you, it is someone. Eternal life is someone. Jesus said the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So you and I know all too well how to relate to things, right? We have an abundance of things. We know how to relate to things. We consume things. We use things. But how do you relate to a person? How do you do that? How do you consume a person like Jesus? Well, it's by trust. You trust him. Faith. Letter A a relationship 
is based on trust. Without trust, there's no relationship. There's no relating with the other. Jesus relates to us by what he does. He forgives our sins. He delivers us from eternal death. We relate to him by trusting him for those things and more. Number one, and I love this from Isaiah 1, the ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Okay, so uh, at home, you know, banjo will follow me from the kitchen downstairs into the basement. And then when I come up from the basement, he'll follow me back up from the basement. He'll follow me wherever I go. Why? Because he knows I feed him. <laughs> he knows I pet him. He knows I take him on walks. He's not dumb. The animals are intelligent enough to know their owner provides for them. They're that smart. But all too often, we, the people of God, lack this knowledge. All too often, we lack this knowledge. And number two, what unbelievers seek, and seek exclusively, sad to say, the Lord freely gives. You know, the psalmist wrote, the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. That's God. He's always doing that. You know, Jesus said that he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He causes his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. God is in the business of providing for people 24-7, 365 days out of the year. Year in, year out. God does that. Jesus didn't have to come from heaven and become a human being and die on the cross to do that. He's already doing that. This is why after he's fed the 5,000 and the people want more, Jesus shrugs them off. No. Your fault is that's all you want. And you're missing the point of my being here. Number three, the eternal Son of God came in the flesh to give what he could not otherwise give. And that is his flesh hanging on the cross, his flesh for the life of the world. Later in John 6, he will say, the bread that I give is my flesh for the life of the world. Jesus didn't come in the flesh to duplicate what he's already doing. The eternal Son of God in heaven always provides for our earthly needs. He's famous for that. He didn't come to suffer and die to do more of that. He came to do what he couldn't do otherwise. It's not wrong for these people to expect God to provide daily bread, but it is wrong if that's all they expect. It's not wrong for us to expect that God will provide daily bread. We should expect that. He promises that. We should expect it. But it's wrong of us if that's all we expect from God. And sad to say, too many people are right there. So letter B. Do we live to consume 
or do we consume to live? The people in our gospel reading for today live only to consume. Consumption is all they know. Those who trust in Jesus consume only to live. Life is all they know. So, is the bread of life on your menu? Is, is the bread of life at the top of your menu? Is, it, is he the priority in your daily diet? You know, many religious leaders speak about God, but only Jesus speaks as God. Many religious leaders claim to bring to you revelation about God. Jesus, and Jesus alone, claims to be the revelation of God. Jesus is God's perfect and fullest possible revelation of himself hanging on the cross. That is the heart of God laid bare for you and me and for every sinner. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. And when, when, when he says that they will never hunger, they will never thirst, he means this. Once you have received his forgiveness, once you've experienced his unconditional grace and mercy, you will not long for any other so-called revelation from God. All who feed on Christ by faith are satisfied with Christ and with no one else. In the words of Peter later in John 6, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That is to say, God provides no other option, and we realize no other option is necessary, needed, required. Jesus is everything to the believer. He said, I am the true vine. If a man remains in me, he'll bear much fruit. Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. Through me, the sheep go in and out and find their pasture. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. My friends, God the Father has made his Son the one place you go to have all needs met in this life and in the life to come. In Christ alone, in Christ alone, God the Father has poured all of his gifts, all of his forgiveness, all of his mercy, all of his life. Jesus is the one person to whom God directs us to have all needs met in this life and the next. So all of us are contingent creatures. We are dependent beings. That means all of us are consumers. We are consumers. And that's why Jesus points us to himself in the gospel lesson for today. And in effect, he says, hey, consumers, consume this, okay? All of you who seek, seek this. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink or wear. 
your heavenly Father already has those bases covered. Labor for, in other words, believe in that bread which endures to eternal life, for all who consume that bread will endure forever as well. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand. We confess together the good news, the gospel, in the words of the Apostles' Creed, page 12. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Father, as you provided for the Israelites during their journey in the wilderness to the land that you've promised, give us confidence to trust in your promises and to look to your hand daily to provide all that we need in this life and for the life to come. Lord, in your mercy, God and Father of all, enable us to walk in humility, gentleness, and patience, that we would bear with one another in love and be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace in our homes, in our churches. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of all, hear our prayers for the hungry and for the homeless. Provide for them not only bread to satisfy their hunger, but above all, the true bread of life, Jesus Christ, who alone can fill and satisfy every need of body and soul. Lord, in your mercy. And dear Lord, we pray for those who mourn, especially the Vortman family, as they mourn the passing of uh, Jason Vortman, uh, Ken Vortman's nephew. We pray, Heavenly Father, for your mercy upon the Vortman family. And that mercy is found in none other than Christ our Savior. Put them in remembrance of the one who lived and died for us all, including Jason. Give them and all of us confidence as we behold the cross. The more we look to ourselves and look inwardly, the more sin we see, the more reason to doubt we're even Christians. But the more we look to the cross, the more we look to Jesus, the more convinced we are that we are loved, we are forgiven people. Keep us in this confidence always. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, show your mercy to all who seek healing. We lift up Bruce and Pam. 
We pray for Sylvia, Joan, Vivian, and Chris, for Mel and for Ray, for Carrie, Candy, Ken, Marianne, and others silently in our hearts. Provide, we pray, doctors and nurses and other medical professionals to care for those who need health and healing. And dear Lord, when the occasion demands it, when your people ask, reach down your hand of healing and touch each one with the gift of life, longevity, and health according to your gracious will. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.